Good evening and welcome to the Environment Podcast with me, Axel, your host, and David Kennedy. This is the show where we discuss the three biggest geopolitical events of the last week. This week we have uh, uh, political tensions in Brazil, China-Arab League uh, data security agreement, and uh, an attempted coup d'etat in Niger. So let's start off. Uh, over to you, David. Thanks, Axel. So there's an ongoing uh, potential political crisis in Brazil between the current president, Bolsonaro, and the former president, Lula. Uh, Ex-president Luiz Inalquio Lula da Silva uh, was initially convicted in a large anti-corruption case called Lava Jato, which involved payments from car companies, meaning that the former president was banned from office and sent to prison for 500 days, 580 days. He was released in 2019. However, he has recently been annulled of two corruption cases last month as the convictions, the former convictions were deemed unjust and politically motivated. This has set up a potential clash between the socialist former president and the far right incumbent. However, Lula has not declared his intention to stand as of yet, but is expected to given his attacks on the current administration. President Bolsonaro's popularity is currently falling due to his um, poor handling of the coronavirus pandemic um, and his lack of stability in his government. However, some observers are doubtful whether Lula will actually win any election that is held next year. Thank you, David. Uh, given the fact that Lula Lula's comeback in Brazilian uh, domestic politics uh, has shaken uh, current equilibria and um, have, has expressed interest from all observers around the world. How concrete do you think the possibilities for uh, uh, Lula, but maybe more broadly for uh, the Partido uh, do Trabalhadores, the Socialist Party, uh, to achieve a victory over Bolsonaro in the next elections. Yeah, so Lula is a popular politician. Uh, he always has been, um, in recent times anyway. Um, he was famously dubbed the most famous politician uh, by Obama when he was in office. I think whether him and his party will win the election next year depends on a few things. Firstly, whether Lula actually decides to run or not, because while it is expected, it has not been confirmed as of yet. Secondly, what platform he runs on. Um, some of the observers think that uh, he may actually lose the election because of the runoff system, uh, presidential elections Brazil have, uh, as he may lose the, the first round to Bolsonaro. So it depends, you know, is he going to... You know, run on the left or is he going to move to the center for the election and thirdly it really depends on the political circumstances uh next year um a week is a long time in politics it's often said and, and a year is even longer so you know it depends is the pandemic going to be solved by then is the economy going to be back on track is bolsonaro going to have a better grip of his administration all these things remain to be seen but i think he would have a good chance if he decided to run Thank you. That's been insightful. We can move on uh, on uh, our second event, uh, the data security pact between uh, the Arab League and China. 
Thank you. Uh, on Monday, the 29th of March, an agreement on data security was signed between the League of Arab States and the People's Republic of China. The, announce, the agreement was announced at a virtual conference hosted by Mao Xiao, the Deputy Foreign Minister. The purpose of the deal was to help foster, quote, an open, fair and non-discriminative digital, de uh, digital development and ensure digital environment and ensure developing nations have a greater say in global governance in this space. And it's important to note that the geopolitical context this is all happening in, because the setting of digital rules and standards is widely contested by the global powers, including the US and China. The China recently announced its initiative on global data security, whereas the US has its own initiative called the Clean Network, which is backed by most of the nations of the EU and of NATO. It's also important to note that China and the Arab nations have cooperated previously on 5G and artificial intelligence, as well as data security. Thank you. In that regard, do you think China is going to become the first, uh, the most prominent cyber power in the world? We know that China is going to acquire uh, economic supremacy uh, in the next years. Do you think this is also this will also be the case for uh, cyber security in particular? I think there's a good chance. Uh, to be honest, I mentioned the initiative China proposed last September on global data security, and I think this really was seen as a challenge um, to the U.S.'s clean network um, because. Um, the clean network itself has expanded to cover areas such as apps and cable infrastructure, areas in which Chinese firms really feel they're being targeted by Washington, D.C. So China may well become a leader in the space, but I do think it remains to be seen. And, and the U.S. is at the moment uh, the predominant and major player, given uh, the amount of it's got more than 30 countries to join its uh clean network um it's also got most of the vast majority of nato countries and the eu states so the us currently is top dog but china is definitely uh, up and coming definitely we also know that at the end of 2020 uh, chinese scientists claim to have achieved uh, quantum supremacy also, um, and that's the future of uh, technology. We're heading towards a, a new evolution in terms of uh, the softwares and the capabilities that this will uh, uh, deliver to users, but especially governments, uh, and uh, their deployment would be fundamental. And in that regard, China is playing uh, uh, this technological uh, development uh, with a con geopolitical consciousness. That's interesting. As we know, uh, China signed uh, a very important cooperation agreement with Iran uh, in, the, in the last week, uh, which not only involved energy factors, but also tech-related investments. Uh, that, that's fully demonstrative how China, both with Arab countries, but also the Iran, uh, aims uh, at uh, entering into new markets uh, in order to... Um, uh, foster uh, economic investments, but at the same time, uh, 
develop new standards, new technological capabilities, and also uh, new regulations potentially for uh, the rest of the world. Therefore, it's a competition that uh, remains uh, to be seen to be seen in the next years. We can definitely. And I'm just sorry, just to add one last point. Sure. I think on on the earlier point you made about geopolitics. We have to understand that this all operates within the, the realm of politics. And from China's perspective, they already think America is trying to, how it's politicizing cybersecurity is currently damaging its national interests and its tech firms. So China is also, it's all politics at the end of the day. Uh, both nations are trying to advance their own agendas. But this crucial space of cybersecurity and governance is the latest arena in which these two countries are clashing. Definitely. We can now move on our for the last uh, events. Uh, an attempted coup d'etat in uh, Niger in uh, Western Africa. Yes, yeah, so last Wednesday, an attempted coup d'etat uh, was thwarted uh, in Niger between the inauguration, before the inauguration, a couple of days before the inauguration of the new president, uh, president-elect Mohamed Bazoum. Um, these armed attackers tried to seize uh, the presidential palace in the early hours of Wednesday, but the attack was repelled. And now there is currently uh, investigations to find out um, who uh, these assailants were. Um, it seems to be a jihadist attack, and we know that IS has claimed responsibility. Uh, it's also important to note that this is the first transition between two democratically elected presidents uh, since Niger's independence in the 60s and it is a country that has been blighted by military coups in, in the past. You've had four, um, the latest of which before this one was in 2010. The coup was thwarted and um, the inauguration went ahead. Yeah, that's a, a serious event given uh, the current security conditions that Niger is facing. Uh, Niger is currently uh, at the middle of uh, a regional insurgency, which is hitting also neighboring countries such as Mali and Burkina Faso, where uh, jihadist insurgents uh, from both uh, Al Qaeda and uh, the Islamic State in the so called Great Sahara carrying out extensive attacks on civilians and uh, armed force uh, um, in uh, border areas, particularly with, uh, within the region, the area called the uh, Liptakogurma. Uh, Niger um, also comprises that uh, cross-border uh, area and um, the region of Tilaberi. It's uh, a particular focus for jihadist attacks. Uh, in uh, recent days, uh, at the end of March, there has been uh, an attack which killed 137 people at least. Uh, and uh, the electoral process as well has been hit by um, jihadist violence, uh, which attempts uh, at destroying credibility and also rule of law uh, of the Nigerian state. Uh, do you think that these attempt coup d'etat and these ongoing violences uh, are a sign of things to come in the Sahel and the whole of Western Africa as well. As we know, the region is facing uh, dire security conditions and uh, also the coronavirus uh, uh, pandemic uh, has enhanced the difficulties for governments. Unfortunately, it seems so. Um, 
early this month, Niger itself, it suffered the worst militant attack in its history um, with 137 people killed uh, by suspected jihadists uh, when they targeted three villages. So it does seem that the the region, the Sahel, is uh, currently besieged by this kind of uh, jihadist violence. And we also saw an instability uh, with countries like Mali recently um, having a coup last year. So it does seem that this is a trend that's set to continue in that region. And COVID obviously will bring forth more instability from the economic side of things and also the social side of things, which will probably exacerbate any existing uh, tensions and challenges. Definitely security conditions worse and uh, since 2017-18 in the Sahel region and uh, then therefore it's something uh, to look for uh, to pay attention also for the whole stability of Western Africa and uh, the African continent uh, itself uh, given the strategic position of uh, such area. Well, that's all we have for this week. Thanks again, David, for joining me, Axel, on the Vermin podcast. Join us again next week to discuss the big geopolitical issues because information matters.